let's go on to the word of god this uh, morning it's a joy to come together to study the word of god together you know last uh, 3 weeks um, we've been talking about how um, jesus is building his church we talked about how god has been setting apart a people for himself for all eternity right from the beginning we talked about how the lord has always had a heart to reach people he loves people um and he created us man fell into sin man disobeyed god man displeased god adam and eve and then from there on all of mankind fell into sin but god did not leave mankind to destruction to suffer the consequences of their sin but he had a plan uh nothing is uh new to him he's not caught by surprise he's a god who knows everything um even before it happens he knows the end from the beginning and so as god um, uh, had a plan to set apart people for himself call people to follow him call people to be holy to be his people his own to come into this relationship with him where um, you know he will be our god and uh, we will be his people and he would dwell amongst us and so god called right from the beginning he set apart noah he set apart abraham isaac jacob and the descendants of um, abraham and his descendants and what happened what do you see is that all of these people whom god set apart for himself was for his purpose that through them the nations around will know that he is god and as god is setting apart a people for himself from the beginning and uh, jesus comes and uh, uh, announces the establishing of his kingdom and he is calling disciples to follow him and he's sending them out to assist him in setting apart more people for himself and jesus is also doing the same thing in building his kingdom and so in establishing the kingdom of israel it was not just a political kingdom but it was a kingdom of priests a kingdom of people uh, over whom he himself will be king and lord over their lives and jesus comes to establish his kingdom not just the kingdom uh, a political kingdom it is a spiritual kingdom that he comes to establish and when jesus comes and assures in the kingdom the people whom he calls and he sets apart he sends them out to assist him in setting apart more com- people for himself and that's exactly what the disciples went and did to go and form communities of disciples everywhere in every city you see the disciples doing that paul and barnabas doing that you see Ti- timothy and titus and all of those people who later on joined together if you read through romans 16 the whole chapter is filled with a list of people who are part of this work of setting apart people for God. And so if God is setting apart a people for himself for all eternity, if Jesus is building his kingdom by setting apart communities of disciples everywhere, and if that is what the apostles went and did led by the Holy Spirit in the first century, and the Spirit continues to lead people to do that all through the ages, and if that is central to his plan for this age, which was once there all through the ages and continues on even this age and if there is that is that pattern by which the early apostles fulfilled the great commission 
should we also not be single minded should we also not have a single minded focus to accomplish the same if god is setting apart a people for himself and jesus comes and sets apart a people for himself and sends them out to assist him in setting apart more people and if they went and actually um you know called out uh, and established communities of disciples to follow jesus and brought them into his kingdom if that is the one thing that god is doing if that is the one thing that jesus is doing today as he said i will build my church and we're not talking about a building we're not talking about a program we're not talking about an organizational structure but we're talking about a community of god's people who follow him who live according to his teachings who glorify him and who continue to serve him and and draw many more people into his kingdom if that is the one thing that jesus is doing should we also not have a single minded focus to accomplish the same amen and should, do we do you think that we have different purposes other than that one purpose which god himself is accomplishing yes or no no if god is accomplishing this one purpose do you think we have individual different individual purposes other than that no that can't be isn't it if god is setting apart people for himself if god is calling people to follow him and if jesus is building his church if that is the one thing that he is doing in this world today do we have different different purposes other than that of course there is a grace there are giftings there are talents unique skills skill sets abilities that god gives to each one to function but ultimately all of us together have this one purpose amen and so this morning we're going to be talking about just these two things that god wants to have us uh, god wants us to have a single minded focus and one purpose a single minded focus and this one purpose and how we all of us must be drawing ourselves toward that converging towards that focusing towards that i'm going to give us two different passages we're going to look at one passage first and secondly another passage and both of these passages very clearly very explicitly you find that there's a call to a single minded focus which leads to accomplishing this one purpose which god has and paul the apostle writing to different churches he writes that and by the way some people would say oh paul the apostle and peter and all of them in their writings were so much about church jesus was all about the kingdom on the church is some small aspect of one of the things in Christendom but the kingdom is a larger thing oh, we got to be kingdom minded or oh, if you are church minded then you are very narrow minded these are some false uh, concepts misconceptions that have come into the christian world but scripturally if you read through the scriptures and find that when jesus comes and announces the establishing of his kingdom he's ushering in the kingdom which was already there which had begun right at the beginning he was calling a people as a kingdom of priests 
and he himself was king over them but israel rejected god as their king and so as the king of kings and the lord of lords he comes to save the people of god from perishing and because its eternal purpose was that through israel the nations would know that he is god he comes to usher in this new kingdom this new covenant and the grand strategy of establishing his kingdom is by setting apart a people for himself and communities of disciples which is the church and so the moment we say church we understand and process the idea of the church with this interpretation of a uh, a building and organizational structure and uh, uh, and events and programs we process it based on a denominational groups but we're talking about the biblical idea of what is church which is simply a community of people who follow Jesus amen hallelujah that is what is church and so let's get this really uh, you know clear into us into our system so that we are not confused we are not uh, uh, all over the place in our understanding because our understanding is really going to play out very much in what we do and what we prioritize and and what we focus on and so if you come with me to philippians in chapter number 2 let's read verses 1 to 5 philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 5 paul the apostle is calling <coughs> to a single minded focus philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 5 someone can read then make my joy complete by being like minded having the same love being one in spirit and purpose do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility consider others better than yourselves each of you should look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others your attitude should be the same as that of christ jesus so this is not just for a good in um you know uh what do you say building up of a good character and a good nature oh that by myself that i should be a very good person a very godly person a very nice person you know that i shouldn't be rude to anyone i shouldn't be angry i shouldn't be hateful that i shouldn't be uh, aggressive or harsh or rude that i should be a nice person this is not just to you know make us to be a good goody goody man a good person of course it it's calling us to be good but the whole idea is this the larger context is something that we need to consider as we read this passage the whole idea of paul writing to the church at philippi is because there have been some conflicts in relationships within the church at philippi some people are not agreeing with each other and that is affecting the progress of the gospel because the church at philippi have been one of the great partners along with paul in this work of evangelism and so because there was a disagreement and most probably probably in the leadership yudia and syntike if you look at that in chapter 4 and verses 2 
and three i plead with yodia and i plead with syndicate to agree with each other in the lord <coughs> yes and i ask you loyal yoke follow help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel they have stood with me what he's saying is they've contended they've stood with me they've fought the fight they have borne the uh, the pain and the challenges of ministry and they have contended at my side chapter 4 verse 2 and 3 i plead with you and i plead with syndicate to agree with each other in the lord yes and i ask you loyal yoke follow probably luke because luke was part of the uh, missionary team with apostle paul this apostolic team of taking the gospel to different places and luke was one very key person who wrote luke's gospel and also acts of the apostles and probably it was luke help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life so there was a team of people who were working towards uh, carrying the gospel to different places <coughs> and here because there was this disagreement it was affecting the partnership why how do we know that because if you come to chapter 1 this is one of the key areas that the church at philippi was involved with apostle paul in chapter 1 and verses 3 to 5 i thank my god every time i remember you and all my prayers for all of you i always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this that he who began a good work now this good work is that this good work of partnership normally we think of this good work in a very personal oh god has begun this good work in that person of course yes god works in a good way in people's hearts and lives he's he used to be very hard hearted a hard nut to crack but now this good work has started and so he started softening up a little bit it's not talking about that good work of softening somebody's heart or changing of somebody's nature it's talking about this good work of partnership together for the progress of the gospel where the church was involved in reaching out to the lost and sending forth paul and supporting paul <laughs> in this work i always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this that he who began this good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ and i don't want to see this good work this partnership broken because of unity and syntyche not agreeing with each other within the church are you with me amen and so in that context he speaks about comes to chapter 2 and where he says the passage we read at first was is 1 to 5 if you have any encouragement being united with Christ if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete oh i will be more than happy to just see this one thing he says make my joy complete by being like minded have this single minded focus don't forget your purpose don't forget your focus and so for that sake be like minded having the same love being one in spirit and purpose <coughs> be like minded be one in spirit one mind and then he gives examples of jesus timothy and epaphroditus three examples let's look at that as well verse 5 your attitude should be the same as that of christ 
why is he talking about that because just before that he has said verse 4 each of you should not look at your own interests but also to the interests of others maybe yodia was saying let's not support paul anymore let's sub- start supporting peter maybe sintike said no 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 not peter peter has got enough coming from church at jerusalem as an apostle to the jews but paul is the one who is in need maybe there was a difference in that decision maybe this is some sanctified assumption it doesn't say that that way somewhere there was some disagreement over something scripture doesn't record that but it says there was a disagreement and that was harming the progress the partnership in the progress of the gospel and so he says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility consider others better than yourselves and he gives the example of christ hey what kind of attitude should you have this attitude must be a one of humility this attitude is one where you consider the interests of others not your own your attitude is should be that of the same of christ and giving the illustration of how jesus emptied himself on the cross this is simply to show that he took upon himself a nature of a servant even though he had the authority to lord it over others he put on himself the nature of a servant being made in human likeness found in appearance as a man humbled himself and became obedient to the death even death on a cross hey that's the kind of life that we ought to live where we are not running with our own selfish ambitions of what i want to accomplish in my life what i want to do what i want to see for myself it's my life my future my family my success my growth the expansion of my territories you know the more name and reputation for myself what significance will i get it's not about that in our lives it's not about that when we come together it's all about fulfilling that one purpose for which jesus gave his life that one purpose for which jesus is coming back to take this church to be with himself the one thing that jesus is doing and building in this world is to establishing a community of disciples gathering together teaching them establishing them in the truth in the faith so that they will be the salt and the light of this world and that's the one thing that jesus is doing and so it's not about me it's not about what i need it's not about my growth it's not about my success it's not about my name and fame it's not about my riches my wealth and what i will accumulate for myself and my future it's about having a single minded focus to accomplish his purpose hallelujah that's what paul is teaching the church at philippi and again he goes on not just the example of jesus it's amazing he is also giving the examples of timothy and epaphroditus would you come with me to chapter 2 and read from read from verses 19 to 30 1929 yeah 30 30 i hope in the lord jesus to send timothy to you soon that i also may be cheered when i receive news about you i have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare for everyone looks out for his own interest not those of jesus christ but you know that timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father he has served with me in the work of the gospel i hope therefore to send him as soon as i 
uh, I see how things go with me and I am confident of the Lord that I myself will come soon. You see, he's saying there's no one with me like Timothy. But thank God he has raised up a Timothy like that. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. And that's the kind of heart that we must have to take a genuine interest in the welfare of one another. Our own families. And a genuine interest in the welfare of this community of God's people where God has put us together. That we will take a genuine interest in each other's welfare because everyone is looking out for his own interest and not that of Jesus Christ. And even in the Christian world today, most people go to church or for a Christian meeting or to a prayer meeting. Why? Because they are more interested in themselves. What will I get out of this? What will God give me? What will God do for me? Yes, he will do. Yes, he will give. Yes, he will speak to us. Yes, he will bring encouragement to us. Yes, he will provide our needs. Yes, he will do miracles. But it's not just about what I will get, but in the interest of Jesus Christ. In accomplishing that purpose, his purpose, his will, building his kingdom, establishing his church. Hallelujah. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. <coughs> These people have started becoming self-focused and not focused on, hey, we are partnering with Paul for the progress of the gospel and we need to be involved in that. And our differences here should not affect that. And this was affecting that. And so Paul is calling the church to come into a single-minded focus and so whatever be our interest, whatever be the reason why we came to Christ, probably we came to Jesus because we had a need. We came to Jesus, we had some problems that we couldn't solve. Yes, he can solve our problems, but it's not just the, the end of our relationship with Christ. It's not about having a God who can solve problems. He's not just a, someone who can just fix things. Yes, he can, but it's not just about that. But what is he doing in this world today? What has been his forethought, his eternal purpose? Let's capture that. Let's go after that. <coughs> Amen. <clears throat> and come down to verse 25. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. When Paul was in prison, <coughs> They sent this man Epaphroditus from the church at Philippi to take care of Paul's needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. When he had come to Paul, he fell sick. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not only on him but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you would be glad and I have, that I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. See what kind of men. These are men who risk their lives, who would, who would not even consider their lives of any worth. But they would go all the way to serve a man of God. Hallelujah. And they would, you know, support him and help him because the gospel is being progressed through such men. 
Hallelujah. And so this is the kind of single-minded focus that we ought to be having because there is a single purpose for which God has called us and that is to carry the gospel to the world out there. That's why he has put us together as one body, given us one spirit, one hope. Secondly, this talking about single-minded focus. Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians in chapter number four. The first part we looked at was God wants us to have the single-minded focus to accomplish this one purpose. And the purpose is to carry the gospel, to partner together for the progress of the gospel. Now, or even before we go into the second part, maybe I would just like to propose some action steps as to how we can have the single-minded focus to progress the gospel. One of the things that we could do and we are doing is to come together and pray together for the salvation of the lost. Amen. Single-minded focus. One purpose is to pray together for the salvation of the lost. And we've been praying together for the last two months. October and November, every evening, 8 to 9.30. Many of you came. And that's the kind of focus that we need to have. Come together and pray every Month, second Saturday, we have a time of fasting and praying. And this coming Saturday, 8th, we're going to pray together. And let's come together, single-minded focus, have this one purpose. And some of us are not part of these times of prayer. And I would like to encourage you to come and be part of this prayer, times of prayer. Take a day off if you need to. Set aside some work if you need to. If you have a holiday, why don't you come as we pray together? Talking about the single-minded focus, why don't we reach out together? Probably as a family, as a husband and wife, children and parents together, reach out to other families, other homes, and share the gospel with them. And as we heard even during this time of worship, that this is a great time that God has given to us, the time of Christmas where we could tell people about the reason why Jesus was born. We have these Jesus film DVDs we will get and we could take some of them and go to our friends, go to our neighbors, give them out and tell them Jesus is born, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He came, he died, he rose again. He paid the penalty for the sins of all mankind. He offers forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Just tell them that, the good news of the gospel, this celebration that we have and new clothes that we wear and great good food that we eat and all of the festivities that we enjoy are going to be just immaterial and making no sense if you're really not progressing the gospel, if you're really not, you know, with a single-minded focus, fulfilling that purpose for which Jesus himself came. Amen. Hallelujah. What benefit is it for anybody? What good is it going to do for anyone if we just celebrate and just have a good time and go away? And that very purpose for why Jesus came is not shared with others. And if his purpose is not accomplished in this world, and if we are not doing that, and that's the call. And so reach out, visit homes, visit people in need, pray for them. 
pray for the sick encourage them give a gift to someone who can't who doesn't have enough some of the action plans open up your home and invite people to your house maybe at least one family each week through this month for four weeks of the month of december why don't you have one family come home a non christian family of a family who is in need a family who is not uh, saved yet who is not accepted the lord who do not know the gospel maybe they are even born in a christian family but they do not have a personal relationship with christ why don't you invite them give them a meal and talk to them about the most important thing of life and the most important decision they would have to make which concerns their eternity why don't you lead them to that and do it together as a family have the christmas tree and the star and the crib and and the santa claus and everything but ultimately don't miss out on talking to people about jesus <laughs> santa claus has replaced jesus in the world today santa claus didn't come to save the world jesus came to save the world <laughs> santa claus can't bring in any gifts only jesus gives gifts hallelujah praise god let's bring jesus whatever be the you know outward stuff that we do let's not miss out on this one central task of having the single minded focus praying together coming together being as one family together as a church and and serving god together why don't we do some joint efforts of maybe a few families together or all of us together on christmas morning we go out you know after the service and give away jesus film dvds house to house door to door several hundreds of homes in this area we've been giving for several years many of you have been part of it why don't you come join that joint effort of progressing the gospel let's have this single minded focus and this one purpose why don't you look for friends amongst us who would be able to you know who probably have some skills or certain areas where they are good at when we get together and you find a need somewhere when you do something together and reach out to somebody and bring them to the to the truth of the gospel when you plan for some you know even christmas events you know in a school or in a college or in your workplace in your office if you have some friends like minded friends gather two or three of them plan something and host a small program a one hour celebration time with some music and singing and you know and give away some cakes and and share about why jesus came and how he loves them do it in your neighborhood if you live in a gated community if you live in, you know uh, wherever you are get some families to your house at orchid springs you know where my brother lives where they they do this yearly event christmas event of reaching out to the community there it's a gated community of probably some 1000 2000 homes and close to about 1000 people come for this <coughs> event that they do of course it's a joint effort with many others in that place <coughs> so why don't we have this single minded focus to progress the gospel and that's the first thing that we need to do on uh, work on and i'm i've just proposed some action steps and we can think beyond this secondly 
quickly let's go on to Ephesians chapter 4 God is calling us for the single minded focus to pursue this one purpose in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 to 7 somebody read it holiness and mercy and meekness with long suffering forbearing one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit it in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is above all and through all and you in all but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ amen so it says here as a prisoner for the lord i urge you <coughs> to live a life that is worthy of the calling you have received and he talks about being completely humble gentle patient in the context that he is writing here about coming together with one spirit unity of the spirit through the bond of peace in verse 3 make every effort to preserve that unity why is he talking about unity in the relationships but he's just not talking about all of this in thin air the larger context of the uh, letter that he is writing to the church at Ephesus is in the context of how Christ's plan has been to bring forth Jews and Gentiles together as one body as a church and church is central to his plan for this age you find that in verses 7 to 10 7 to 11 in chapter 3 we're not going to read that we've already studied that last couple of weeks <coughs> if you miss that out you can go on to our website and find those messages you find here how in the context of church is central to god's plan for this age how the church is the one thing that was his eternal purpose which christ accomplished by coming to this world and bringing us redeeming us from sin and putting us together as his people for which he's going to come back and this has been his eternal purpose talking about that in that context he says be completely humble gentle patient with one another in the context of the community of disciples we got to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is one body one spirit just as you were called to one hope we are one body we are different individuals we are from different backgrounds cultures lifestyles we are from different kinds of um, you know ways of uh, doing things we have different identities we have different kinds of uh, uh, you know linguistic backgrounds eating habits everything is different we literally have a, a good cross section of you know india here <laughs> we have people from so many different states but even though we are all different men and women and people of different ages different uh, you know uh, professions that we are involved in different skill sets that we have in spite of all of that he's calling us 
make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is one body one spirit just as you were called one hope when you were called one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all and in all we are all one together hallelujah there's a spirit of unity that we need to preserve it's not just that it's not about being uniform this is not a uniform civil code by the way god never made us like you know in a uniform way each one is uniquely wonderfully you know beautifully made hallelujah even twins don't look like completely even they don't behave alike completely even though there might be very less differences in their appearance but each one is gifted differently and that's the next verse in verse number 7 even though we are all one and we need to preserve this unity but each one of us is given a grace that has been given each one of us but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it there is a grace that has been given there are gifts that have been given there are functions that have been given the tasks that have been given the unique capacities that have been given and then it goes on to talk about that from verse 11 it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers but all for one purpose what is that in verse 12 you read to prepare god's people for works of service and so this morning i'm exactly doing what i've been called to do as a pastor teacher what is the role is to prepare the people for works of service the pe- prepare the people to serve the lord to serve in his kingdom to equip them for the ministry for the work of the ministry and the second the second uh, a purpose there is so that the body of christ may be built up we prepare everyone to serve we equip everyone we teach we train everyone so that everyone will be built up edified until we become if you come down to verse 13 until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the son of god and become mature that we ed- we are edified we are growing in our godliness we become people who will become mature attaining to the whole measure of christ that we will become christ like ultimately and so there is a twofold purpose that is there in this place but all contributing to that one purpose of Christ building his church and that's a larger context of the book of Ephesians the letter of Ephesians and so he talks about how we ought to be behaving in our households how we ought to conduct ourselves within the household our own households in our own homes between husbands and wives children and parents slaves and masters in chapter 5 and 6 we read that and that context is also talking about Christ and his church the household of god and so the whole idea is here about how Christ is building his church and he wants us to be united having the single minded focus while he has given different gifts to each one and so if god has given me this grace of being a pastor teacher then i got to be involved in equipping the church for the works of the ministry and i got to be involved in maturing this body of christ to become like christ and helping in you know 
in helping and training everyone to become uh, you know people who will care for one another and to function as this body of Christ and and so there are some who are called to be apostles some who are called to be teachers and so some who are called to be evangelists so if someone is an evangelist the grace has been given these pastors evangelists apostles uh, you know teachers are all gifts to the body for the building up of the body of Christ and these gifts are not they are they themselves are the gifts to the body of Christ it's not that they are gifted in some areas it's one thing to be gifted in a certain area but if you look at it very carefully it was he who gave some to be apostles they are they are to function in these areas and build up the body and so an evangelist somebody who has a heart for evangelism who is gifted as an evangelist should not just be evangelizing but should also be raising up evangelists who will evangelize others that person will be equipping in the area of evangelism that person will be training in the area of evangelism because he is given as a gift to the body if somebody is given a gift of prophecy somebody who is function in the office of a prophet and somebody who is uh, uh, you know in that area they would not just prophesy but they would also spur others in the area of prophesying they would be equipping others so that they will go out and lay hands on someone and prophesy and heal the sick and speak a word of encouragement a word of admonition a word of comfort to someone else so that through that that person will come to the saving knowledge of jesus so you continue to equip train one another and maybe somebody has got an apostolic calling who is able to go forth and break new grounds in new places and reach out with the gospel in new places and that person needs to start functioning in that apostolic calling and these gifts are given in this body hallelujah do you believe that and some of you are probably not functioning yet and you've not identified those gifts those areas where god has gifted you and you're not you have not started functioning yet probably but it's important that you allow yourselves to be trained you allow yourselves to grow you ask god to use you and ask him to reveal what kind of a area of gifting that he has you know given you that grace for and start functioning in it amen and so that's a single minded focus that god wants us to have why should we stay together in unity why we should have one heart one mind why we should be single mindedly focused on his purpose because he wants us to accomplish that purpose and so paul writing here is saying be a one mind make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace because he's given these gifts and you all need to function together to equip one another and to edify and mature Christ's body hallelujah on one hand we got to be single mindedly focused and have this one purpose of progressing the gospel on the other hand we need to have the single minded purpose of coming together and allowing ourselves to be trained equipped and edified at the same time we need to be also you know raising rising up as apostles prophets teachers evangelists 
so that we will edify and equip others. Amen. This is not just for some select group of people who are branded as those full-time workers. You can be very much, you know, a, a, a teacher or a professor, you know, a social worker, engineer, a doctor, a homemaker, a business person. You could be in any profession. You could be a man, you could be a woman, you could be old, you could be young, but yet be edifying others and equipping the body of Christ, training others so that we will all mature to become like Christ. And everyone will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the purpose of why God has put us together so that we will progress the gospel and that we will equip one another and edify one another in this body of Christ. And so for us to, to facilitate us coming together in unity, in love, in harmony, as one body in Christ. And so we plan to have this celebration on the 15th of December, coming together, having fun and fellowship, using Christmas as a good excuse to sing and have some good times of rejoicing. Of course, that's important. We need to have some times of celebration as well and eat together and to build ourselves together, you know, as one body in Christ, and strengthening our relationships with each other. Hallelujah. I mean, when that happens, you will see a great surge in our working and functioning together. And so I would really encourage us to get together as a community on that day, on the 15th of December, to come together with a single-minded focus that we're not just coming together just to eat and go. Of course, we can all eat in our homes. We can eat out. We can fast. Yeah, we can do, do, handle that different, in different ways. But what's the whole idea of coming together is to come together as one body of Christ because God has put us together and then we could further even begin to meet together as clusters of families together in our homes. And that's a, a real desire is that we will be able to establish smaller groups in our homes as clusters of families together so that we could come together more frequently, pray together, learn together, live and do life together and grow together and nurture one another and spur each other. And whereby in that context we could identify our calling, our giftings, our talents, the grace that God has given to us and begin to function as we serve one another in humility and love so that we could invest in the lives of others. We can build each other up. Invest our time, our energy, our money, everything so that we will fulfill Christ's purpose of equipping the saints and edifying each other as well and that's why God has given us these gifts and these gifts are right here in this body of Christ hallelujah praise the Lord amen and so let's draw ourselves to this single-minded focus and this one purpose for which Christ has called us that we will progress the gospel as partnering together as one body and continue to equip and train each other 
and edify build up each other in our godly life encourage one another to walk closer to the lord to become like christ shall we pray father we realize this morning that we need that single minded focus that we need to pursue that purpose for which you came for which you died and rose again for which you gave your blood lord we need that single minded focus and pursue that purpose for which you're going to come back again because you are building your church against which the gates of hell will not prevail hallelujah father we pray that for that focus we pray for that purpose to get a hold of us oh god we pray that your holy spirit will do a deep work in our hearts to bring about a change in our minds that each of us will not look at our own interests but we will look at the interests of others that we will be completely humble and make every effort to preserve this unity in the spirit through the bond of peace we pray that we will fulfill your purpose of oh father that we will progress the gospel of jesus that we will build each other up and stay together as one body with one faith with one hope in you master give us such a grace draw us together bind our hearts with love jesus hallelujah thank you jesus